0: Try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on in 1 Corinthians 14 today. We're going to be reading and studying verses 6 through 12. And Paul continues on in his teaching on the topic of worship Now, it's important for Paul uh, to convey that in the church of God, uh, worship is uh, to be orderly and intelligible, Um, that God is a God of order, not a God of chaos, Uh, that that the words that we use in worship toward one another uh, should edify the body. Um, and so he's addressing the issue of the gift of tongues being expressed in worship in a way that is leaving others on the periphery. Um, and so it's important to Paul that whatever take place in worship build up the body of Christ and uh, not be just an expression of a personal private gift. Uh, within the context of corporate worship. And so we're moving on today, and uh, we're going to get about halfway through this chapter, uh, and we'll see what the Lord has to say through His Word. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you again for a new day, a fresh start, and the beautiful sunshine and the warm air. uh, Remind us that you always provide for our needs, that you're always around us. And Lord, the change in seasons reminds us that uh, when we're experiencing something in life, something new is just around the corner. And we give you thanks for that. Um, We're not trapped by experiences that challenge us or cause us pain, but life ebbs and flows. And in the midst of the ebbs and flows, you are consistent and you are steady and you are reliable. And we know if we put our Trust in you, Lord God, you will never fail us. So we give you thanks for that. Speak through your word today. Uh, we're hungry of heart and spirit, and uh, we come to the one and only place where we know we can get fed, and that's you. Uh, so we give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. This is First Corinthians 14, 6-12. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you? Unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as the pipe or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, How will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. All right, Paul is continuing on in this theme of addressing the issue of the expression of spiritual gifts in worship. And he's being particularly hard on this topic of the gift of tongues. Now, obviously, uh, reminding ourselves that 1 Corinthians is a book written uh, as a letter initially to correct some of the errors in the church uh, in Corinth. And so this is another area where Paul is correcting them. Um, I have been in worship settings, not because it's my particular style of worship or what appeals to me, but to see what people I care about are experiencing in worship in different kinds of settings. And uh, when I was a youth pastor, I had these young people that were um, being invited to a highly charismatic church uh, and experiencing being slain in the Spirit. So they, uh, so they testified, and uh, the speaking of tongues, and um, so we went to check that out one night, and I sat observing what was taking place in worship, and what I saw um, troubled me. There was, um, the air was filling up with the noise of babbling talk uh, that didn't sound like discernible um Languages and tongues, and the whole room was filling up with this babbling talk. Um, it almost sounded like the din of the chanting of um, Buddhist monks and uh but it was just filling up the air with this this blabbering talk that did not sound like discernible tongues. And uh, people were moving out of their seats to the front of the church, and they were squawking like chickens and thrashing and headbanging and all of these things, trying to have an encounter with the Spirit of God. They wanted to be slain in the Spirit. And uh, so this entire worship setting was filled with this personal pursuit of expressions of gifts or manifestations of gifts that would be for individuals only and it troubled me Um, and that has stayed with me that that visual I can close my eyes and and go back to that moment and uh, I thought to myself this seems chaotic I am not at peace in this space this does not seem of God and uh, I'm not judging I'm just expressing what I truly felt in that setting And I think Paul uh, acknowledges that that could be a dangerous thing here. He says, if I'm speaking in a tongue that you don't understand, then I'm of no use to you um, because I'm not bringing a word of revelation or knowledge or prophecy or instruction. It's not helpful to you. Um, It's kind of like in the instance of instruments. If they're not playing uh, songs with different notes, then no one knows what the tune is. If I just play a low C and a different pattern of notes, uh, there's no way for you to tell what song I'm playing. I might be playing uh, a song that everyone would know, but I'm playing one note and no one's picking up on what I'm trying to play. Paul actually is being kind of humorous there, Uh, but it connects. Um, It it definitely connects. Uh, If the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? so it is with you unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue how will anyone know what you're saying you'll just be speaking into the air and that's exactly what that experience in that one church setting was like for me it was just a room full of people speaking into the air uh, thinking perhaps that they were connecting with God believing feeling that they were connecting with God um And Paul is clearly addressing that, you know, just speaking words, babbling words into the air is not uh, what the gift of tongues should look like expressed in worship. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. Babbling talk of uh, people, you know, speaking words into the air doesn't sound like people who are saying uh, words that have meaning. Uh, if we do that, we're foreigners to the listener and foreigners to the speaker. And that's not what the body of Christ is about. We're, we're focused on the mutual edification of every believer in the body. And so what we say and do and worship should be orderly and intelligible. And that's Paul's whole point here. So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Now, I'm not uh, coming down on people who speak in tongues. Uh, I think that that gift could be used in excess in a dangerous and troubling way. Um, But I have had people in very private settings pray a word over me in a language that sounded like a a language from somewhere, not babbling, not forcing sort of bizarre sounds to come out of their mouth. And then after praying over me... uh, they um, were able to say, here's the word I believe the the Lord was speaking over you when I was praying. I'm okay with that. Um, and uh, there was a immediate instruction and edification and encouragement that came from that time of prayer because they were able to tell me what they sensed the Lord was praying over me in that tongue or having them pray over me in that tongue. Um, but it is... Paul's advice at the end in verse 12 that really connects. He says, try to excel in those gifts that build up the church. Uh, We should all care most about um, expressing uh, things in worship that build others up. Uh, Worship is not just about us. It's about the, the body's experience of the presence of God together in worship. Now, the Lord is gracious and He often gives each of us a unique personal experience when we're in worship where He addresses some issue of pain or some challenge or offers an encouragement to us uh, just in the sense of His presence when we're in worship. And that's just the grace of God at work um, because He loves us. But worship, ultimately, the preaching, the teaching, the music, should all be about edifying the body and not focused on... Uh, particular people having a particular experience uh, apart from everybody else. And I think that's Paul's concern because that was happening in the church in Corinth and he was addressing it. There's a time and a place for everything, uh, but in worship we have an orderly God who would call for the church to worship Him uh, in orderly and intelligible ways, uh, not where there is chaos and a lack of peace present. But where there's order and a sense of God is here and uh, I'm in my sane mind and the Lord is speaking and I am hearing him through his word and through songs that exalt his name. Um, And that's what worship ought to do for each of us. All right, my friends, I'm grateful for this passage and for Paul's teaching and I'm encouraged by it today and I hope you are too. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. And I pray that these words would continue to um, bless your heart as you consider them today.